0: Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. I guess this week in the studio, Milton Knight. He is a cartoonist and an animator, and if I went down this whole list, I'd take up half the show. Milton, thanks for being on Big Talk.
1: Thanks for having me, Michael. I'm glad to be here.
0: Now, Milton has a show right now over at the Artisan Alley Dimensions Gallery. Now, that runs through October 26th. A lot of his work in there. What specifically kind of work Milton is being hung there?
1: Well, they're all acrylic paintings. Ah. And uh, let's see... They're uh, either abstracts or uh, what I call uh, action figure paintings, huh. s- some portraits, expressions. I consider myself an expressionist now. Um, of course, there's always... I'm At heart, I'm a cartoonist, but yeah. uh, I'm trying uh, new things here that are different. I've been uh, actually painting for quite a few years, uh, and I've had shows in New York and Los Angeles, but this is my... Uh, Say second solo show.
0: Solo show.
1: Excited about it.
0: That's going to run through October 26th. If you want more information, go over to gallery at artisanalley.com. And if you want information on Milton Knight himself, you can go to miltonknight.net.
1: Uh, yes, uh, uh, Michael, but that's very old information. Ah. I, it's still up. But uh, if they uh, would check me out at miltonknight.net,
0: milton dot blogspot dot com milton knight yes you have been drawing pictures
1: since you were two years old uh yeah yeah i uh, got caught up in cartooning at the time i saw it as a profession i knew they were drawing them on uh, television and whatnot and uh... uh I said this is what I wanted to do, and uh, you know I, I had a lot of contentions in that area, but uh, I managed it.
0: Aha! Uh-huh. So you you grew up over in Long Island?
1: Yeah, Westbury, Long Island.
0: You started drawing, and what did you use when you were a two-year-old? Was it crayons? What what were you
1: using? I used crayons. I used pencil pens, and I loved finger painting, actually because of the depth, that uh, the illusion of depth. But usually I used a uh, pencil or ballpoint pen.
0: Or whatever you could get your hands on, uh, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. As, as all two-year-old kids. <laughs> Pretty neat. Did you, did you ever save any of those things from your long-ago youth?
1: I only have, uh, like, uh, one book that I made and a couple of drawings.
0: You then got into the comic books thing and uh, animation. I I would be willing to bet that you made some little informal comic books on your own as a kid.
1: Oh, yeah, all the time.
0: Yeah? Yeah. What kind of characters? was Were there stories involved? Yes,
1: yes. Well, there were a lot of characters. Uh, Baldy the Eagle was one, huh. and uh, let's see, I did something called Kid Tunes, which was... Uh, bunch of kids, one of them looking a lot like Popeye, (laughs) and uh, let's see, oh, there were were so many, uh, like uh, Little Murgatrod, and uh, (laughs) Gasoline and Oscar, just a a, a lot. Uh,
0: These are right out of your head. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, I created characters and stories all the time, very important to me.
0: Were you uh, the kind of kid who stayed home all the time, or did you go out to play uh, uh, whatever sports was big at that time?
1: Oh, I went on when I had to, but I uh, really wasn't into sports at all. No? No. I, so I,
0: sort of a loner type of existence, because any kind of artist, you're alone, you're in your head.
1: I had one very close friend who I think turned on the cartoons too because I was in on them. Ah, and uh, eventually uh, his mother straightened him out about that, so uh, you know, he, he got into Little League and all
0: that. Yeah. Nobody straightened you out? No. Were you encouraged by your family?
1: Oh, no, no, no. No! They, they were uh, dead set against it. They. Uh, no kidding. Yeah, no, no. It, it uh, simply wasn't a normal thing to do. I think it uh, dis- uh, disoriented my father very, very much. And uh, my mother would would have been supportive, except that uh, she was overpowered by him. Yeah. So, no, I uh, I just saw it as the one reason to keep living, to be quite honest with
0: you. Wow, even at that young age, it, yeah,
1: huh? Well, it, 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 it got worse, uh-huh. say, uh, say about uh, 10 years old or so. I, I said, you know, I'm going to have a happy ending somehow, and this is the only way to do it. Has it worked to that end? As uh, far as a happy ending is concerned, I don't think there's ever going to be a happy ending. Right. To be honest with you.
0: But you had the drive. Yeah. You had the stick-to-itiveness. Yeah. You said, I'm doing this. Yeah. I don't care what they say. Yeah. I understand that at some point uh, you went over to uh, a gallery. Uh, I think this is in Long Island, Hempstead,
1: New York. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that was the Emily Lowe Gallery? You saw some pop art there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it was uh, when they used to do this sort of thing, taking uh, students to uh, the local, uh, well, to a museum. Right. And uh, Field trips, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And just seeing those, uh, they, they were dot paintings. I forget who did them, but they spiraled all around. And like, since I was a child, they were enormous. And... Uh, I was very impressed by that. I didn't know that uh, they were uh, taking pictures for a newspaper. Yeah. Uh, the Long Island Newsday. Yes. And so uh, when I uh, came home, I heard my mother squeal, and there it was. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, from op to glop.
0: So you were about like five years old when this happened, uh, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, I, I, they sensed it.
0: And I checked out that newspaper article, apparently it was a, a, an exhibit, avant-garde and pop art, uh, a Japanese geometric paintings. And you saw that, and were you trying to figure out, boy, how, how is that done?
1: Well, again, it, was, uh, it wasn't as much how it was done as yeah. the, the depth in it, uh-huh. that it looked like uh, it was a space. Uh, a live space, and you could walk into it. That that's very important
0: to me. That's important to you. Yeah, yeah. And how does one achieve that?
1: Well, um, they did so by technical means, I would imagine. But uh, for me, in black and white, it's uh, rendering. It's like uh, just just to make things simple, uh, the uh, the foreground detailing being thicker in line than the background details, and uh, using some in-betweens here and there to indicate the uh, proximity. Yeah. And in color, a lot of it is, as I said with the uh, finger painting, uh, just using strokes and emphasizing some and de-emphasizing others and working on, I, I work on several layers. I may have two, three layers of paint there. So uh, it provides that. Milton, are you trying to escape this world? You know, I I I want to do what I don't see many people doing now, which is to reflect this world. I uh-huh. want to throw a mirror right in front of it and say, "You see, you see how you are." And uh uh yeah, I I uh, miss I was never there really, but the days when uh, cartoonists and artists influenced society uh-huh. i mean like uh, speaking about cartoons cartoons once rebelled against the status quo and now i feel they support the status quo no kidding and i i want things to change did you go to any uh formal training for your art well i uh There was a a school called BOCES, uh, um, and they had a cultural arts center that I went to for two years. Uh, This was uh, during uh, high school, so it was after school. And then you went
0: for a brief period of time, I guess, to Hofstra University?
1: Well, that was uh, just for one class, a Uh cartooning class. It was taught by uh, Jimmy Margulis, who was a political cartoonist
0: political cartoonist and that's a that's what you're getting at a little bit about how things were influenced maybe
1: uh... I not as much political as social interactions uh-huh. and uh... you know just just the way things work in life between people
0: relationships
1: yeah you left home when you were eighteen years old yes what were you gonna do well i was looking for a way to get out of there uh, uh, my father was abusive and my mother enabled him uh-huh. and I was looking for a way to get out and uh, a friend said he needed a roommate so uh, I said well I'm I'm out now and uh, I uh, frankly I wasn't ready but that opportunity pr- uh, presented itself and I had begun uh, the cartooning professionally at that point point. Uh, and uh, so in a couple of months he had to leave and i that's when i moved to the uh waterfront hotel and i lived there still doing the cartoons with uh with a board propped up on my lap uh sitting on the bed that lasted for 3 months and then an agent an artist agent who worked with a magazine uh that i was doing work for like decided to uh start start working with me so she moved me out of there and that's when i Moved into the uh, Brooklyn uh, Brownstone I was in for seven years. And after that, uh, 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 things were like touch and go. And a friend of uh, mine in Los Angeles said, Hey, Melton, nobody wants your work there. They want it here. (laughs) So I... uh, move there, which was, a you know, a lot, what was I, I, I forget how, 25 or something, it was easier. So, yeah, that's, that's what I did, and I started working right away.
0: You know, you hear about the Manhattan waterfront, and there's sort of a romance attached to it. Yeah. Did you see it as, like, a romantic type of existence?
1: Well, I was excited about being... In Manhattan, I loved the city. Yeah. I, I didn't love uh, Los, uh, Long Island. But romance, it, it was a pretty terrible existence, to be honest with you. I mean, the, uh, the excitement was what held me through and the promise of something new happening. Things will get I was, better. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, was, I was a dumb kid. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I just had my eyes straight ahead. I mean, things were terrible, but I got along.
0: Now, I understand that the first comic that you published, the first on-your-own soul project, published by Fantagraphs, you describe it as a fairy tale for adults. It was called Hugo. Yes. What was that all about?
1: It was an unrequited love series about a jester and a princess. And uh, let's see... Various medieval adventures, you know, dragons and knights and stuff. I was very much into that.
0: Was it black and white, or yeah. were there colors involved? It was
1: black and white. And when you're making a comic, what do you start with? Well, I start with a synopsis. I just, you know, I think it out, sometimes I write it out, and then on typing paper, I make the panels and the heads. And that, that's the first stage, that's the actual script.
0: So you're saying the story comes first, and then the pictures. Yes. I was wondering if maybe the pictures came first, like a, a character might pop into your head, and you say, oh, I'm going to go from here. But you say the story is first. Yeah,
1: everybody works differently. Yes, that's of course. The way it is for me. I like to know where I'm going.
0: And were you doing this when you were sitting on the edge of the bed? Uh, was Hugo done that way? Yeah. You also did uh, part of a 10-issue Marvel Comics series, uh, Mighty Mouse. Yeah. Now, that was a spinoff of Ralph Bakshi's The New Adventures. Ralph Bakshi, big name in the comics world.
1: Yeah. I worked for him in uh, pictures, too. I worked on uh, the famous bomb cool world. I worked with him side-by-side, side, whatever you want to call it. That was, after, that was my first job in Los Angeles,
0: Did you learn
1: from him? Hmm. Uh, Well, I learned a lot about uh, just just sticking to work.
0: Like work habits type thing? Yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah. and uh, just how a studio was and that, uh, you know, if if one person trips up, then it can, like, affect the project all the way down the line. So it it, it was quite important to me.
0: So is this the kind of deal where a person who's well-established in the business just looks at your stuff and say, I think this kid has potential?
1: Well, he did. Yeah. I mean, Ralph uh, uh, is uh, very much attached to the uh, art of pure cartooning. Not many people uh, in Los Angeles are anymore. And uh, he knew I was, so he had his eye on me.
0: Did you have any recollections when you were a kid of looking at those fabulous old Warner Brother cartoons oh, sure, and sure. all the rest of that. Yeah. Disney and uh-huh. so forth. And they had these uh, big departments that were actually doing this stuff. Yeah. But it turned out that they, they never really made any money because it cost a lot of money to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're paying these guys to do these intricate drawings, yeah. right? And these cartoons didn't really pay their own freight. Isn't that a shame?
1: Well, yeah, it, it it's a difficult racket, yeah and, uh, The uh, place where it all kicks in is uh, licensing and resales uh, to video now they didn't have that way
0: back. And that's what's happening now. They've yeah. figured out a business model for yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. and you're you're in the business. you have been in the business. If you've gone all the way from sitting on the edge of the bed to working for some of the biggest operations. Around, your work has appeared in, I'm going to go over the list here, The Village Voice, mm-hmm. Family Weekly, yes. Nickelodeon Magazine, The Electric Company Magazine, boy, that's a big memory from uh. both of our childhoods, yeah. The Electric yeah. Company, National Lampoon. Yes. When I grew a little older, I was reading National mm. Lampoon, High Times, Yes. Heavy Metal, uh-huh. and... Al Goldstein's notorious Screw magazine.
1: Yeah, they were uh, the place I did the most work for back in New York. How did you
0: get those jobs? W- did you just bang on doors and yeah. say, "Hey, look at this stuff"?
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it was a matter of uh, showing the portfolio. Sometimes word of uh, mouth, one would pass it to another. But back then, you could like just, you know, get an appointment and show them your portfolio. There was. There was no firewall like they have now.
0: Right, right. And I wonder if, if there were dozens of people every week who wanted to show their stuff to these people. And, uh, yeah, sure. And you are the guy who got picked.
1: Yeah, this is true. I did get picked.
0: Your, uh, your determination, your stick-to-itiveness as a kid against all odds, yeah. staying with yeah. this, now you're making a living. Yeah. As you became more shall we say, professional, mm. you have done things like create theater posters and CD covers and greeting cards.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. Candy. hmm Yeah, I did a little uh, bit of work for Topps Bubblegum. Oh, boy.
0: Making uh, the, the little comics that were in the bubblegum
1: or what? No, actually drawings that were going to be put on the candy.
0: Yeah. T-shirts you made, too. Yeah. You love drawing pictures. Yeah. And you use, I don't know how many darn media to do this. Mm. Now, as you say, uh, the show that you have up right now at Dimensions Gallery, part of Artisan Alley, acrylics. Yeah. When did you get into acrylics?
1: Let's say uh, the uh, late 90s. Yeah, yeah, Um, middle, late 90s. It seems a difficult
0: transition to me. You're drawing with a pen or a pencil, and you really have a lot of control over your line and your shading and so forth. But then with acrylics, you have to learn a whole new paradigm.
1: Well, it it, kind of just followed in a line because I wasn't satisfied with anything else. I tried watercolor, I used... uh, Dr. Martin's designer dies. That that didn't work out at all. Uh, Just trying a bunch of different things, and acrylic was the one that uh, I said, "Hey, well, you know, I'm I'm getting satisfied," and so I went on with it.
0: And apparently, working with acrylics is uh, a little healthier than working with oil paints, well, because of the uh, cleaning up and materials.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, With oil, you have to deal with turpentine. Yeah. And uh, with acrylic, it's just plain water also oils take a long time to dry, days.
0: When you were doing work, Mm. professional work, Uh in the comic books world, you did jobs that are sort of broken down. It seems interesting to me, as a layperson you think, a comic book artist does the whole thing. Yeah, right. But in truth, the jobs are broken down. I see here and maybe you can help me understand, there is the writer, Yes. there's the penciler, Mm -hmm. there's the inker, Mm -hmm. there's the colorist, Mm -hmm. there's the letterer. Mm -hmm. I can understand what a writer is, what's a penciler though?
1: Uh, A penciler uh, lays uh, the comic out. Uh, He uh, just draws everything in pencil.
0: I mean, balloons. the character yeah, and yeah, the, character. the dialogue balloons too. No,
1: oh. no, those those are left to the uh, letterer. Aha! Now, what's the inker? Uh, the inker is uh, goes over with uh, brush or pen for a reproduction.
0: And a colorist. Well, that would be only in a color comic. Uh, yes. Situation. And the letterer is. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Would I be right?
1: Yeah. It also includes uh, figuring out the, the shape and, uh, of the uh, balloons, the dialogue balloons.
0: you got to fit them. Yeah. And there is dialogue within there that has to be contained, and it's got to be legible. Yeah. You said that in 1991, You uh, a friend said, hey, get out here to California. Yeah. You went to California, and you worked as an animator uh-huh. for some... TV cartoon operations.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, let's see. It it would depend. A lot of the animation is not uh, done in America. It's uh, shopped out overseas. Korea or other countries now have gotten into it. And so on a lot of these uh, projects where they call me an animator, it's uh, more doing design or storyboard. I did a lot of storyboard.
0: Planning out what the whole thing is going to look like
1: Yes, just the staging, and and sometimes uh, a storyboard artist used to have more input on what actually happened, uh, so we were able to uh, add or subtract bits of business or sometimes even put in dialogue.
0: I'm going to run down a list of some of the operations you actually did this work for, Disney TV, MGM TV, Saban Films. Rhythm and hughes
1: They were a commercial place. Yeah. And they were trying to get started in features, so I was there for a short while doing uh, development work.
0: Warner Brothers, we've mentioned them already, and HBO. Yeah. So these are are big outfits. Mm, Yes. How long did you stay in California? I
1: was there for like 25 years. And
0: what brought you to Bloomington?
1: Well, a friend did. I uh, had... uh, had to leave uh, LA because there were problems with the housing. Uh, and as your listeners may know, rents in uh, LA are skyrocketing and they're oh, yeah. building buildings on top of buildings and uh, everybody's cashing in. And uh, so I said, I, I just can't afford this anymore. And I discussed this on Facebook, and a Facebook friend said, uh, Set everything up for me to move here. It, it just happened.
0: Did you ever imagine that you'd wind up in flyover country here?
1: mm No, no. I, I, I did not imagine that.
0: So you had no connection to Bloomington other than this friend? Yeah. Wow. Mm. That's fortuitous. Yeah. And now you're here. Yeah. With a show. It's over at the Dimensions Gallery. That's part of Artisan Alley. Uh, we had the executive director of Artisan Alley, Adam Nehaus here on this show, I think a couple of months ago, and uh, great operation there. Are they treating you well? Yes, very much. And how did you score the solo show with Dimensions Gallery?
1: Well, I was trying to uh, get things started here. I had uh, heard that there was an artist community going on and uh, I uh, passed by uh, Artisan Alley every once in a while and learned well actually uh, it was in the barbershop shop there at JW Barbershop uh-huh. it's in the same building he advised me that they were uh, having a uh, Black History Month show so I just figured I'd check in and see if they could uh, use another artist uh, I knew that would have
0: been February yeah yeah of uh, 19 yeah okay
1: uh, so let's see I was in that show I had four pieces. And uh, they said that uh, they suggested I have a a solo show, and so I spent uh, from then until now. It's it's actually it's been less than a year, uh, just just painting to have new paintings for the show. I there there are 26 in it, and most of them, just about all of them, were done this year, except for two of them.
0: Now, is it the same type of imagery? That your comic book work would be, or is there an expansion of your uh, vision?
1: I think there's uh, an expansion and a re- well, making it small because uh, I like to go for more infinite things, close-ups of faces, huh. and, uh, uh, and and I've learned from animation something about character motion, so I like to do characters dancing. I uh, mm, and that also carries into the abstract, which you might call a smaller version of the action painting of the uh, 50s and 60s. Huh. A lot of splashes and uh, you know, just, just getting depth with the uh, textures.
0: That very pop emerging. art and the op art of the 60s, that really appealed to you back yes. then? Yes, very much. Does much it more. still reside within you? Yes. Does it yes. still reverberate in your
1: work? Yes, all of it. Huh. Uh, the cartoons too. Who do you like to look at? Oh well, I I, I made a list because I keep forgetting. Huh. But uh, let's see. Among fine artists, uh, there is the uh, I don't know how to say this Fauves or Fauves movement that was going on at the uh, turn of the twentieth uh, century.
0: Is that Fauv? Yes. Etc. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Matisse and uh, German Expressionism, huh. very much into Art Deco, and uh, uh, that, that 60s modern we mentioned, especially uh, Franz Kline, uh, Klein and uh, Jackson Pollock. Again,
0: you've taught yourself all this stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Did you
0: go to art museums all the time, was that the deal, or was it books?
1: Books, it was mostly books. I did go to galleries and museums, but yeah. uh, I'm a book collector.
0: So these big picture books yes, with, yes. with beautiful plates of uh, of uh, oil paintings or what have you?
1: Yeah, I still collect those, yeah.
0: You do, huh? So you've got a, a, the Milton Knight Library. Yeah, huh?
1: yeah, you could say so. That, that was a big pain in the neck when I was moving. I'll
0: say <laughs> that. Yeah, with moving literate people, people with books, mm-hmm. is the hardest job in the world, yes. as we know. Yes. la 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 la, we've run out of time so join us monday for big talk extra during the 5 p.m daily local news for more of this conversation milton knight he's a cartoonist an animator a comic book artist a writer a painter a storyboard and layout artist he's got a big show going on right now at dimensions gallery that's part of artisan alley Uh, It's running through October 26th. Milton Knight, thanks for being on Big Talk.
1: Thanks very much. I'm glad to be here.